10-5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits! Cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. And we welcome you in once again to the Second to None Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. We're going to tell you off the top, there's no guests this week. Yeah. We've got too much to talk about with you. So, the two of us, I think maybe even, it seems like me more sometimes, but both of us, you know, we get we get heat for being too positive for some folks liking. And so, we'll just acknowledge that since we sat down and recorded last week's podcast that was on monday with colton kibler we'll acknowledge that an awful lot has happened in the a-state world and not much of it has been very positive and that's what we'll dive into today you might so like if you just want to talk out loud while you're listening to today's podcast we can't hear you but if you just want to kind of just get it out i would recommend listening to this week's podcast lying down and then just vending as you go along it's not all rainbows and unicorns this week. It is not. And it was also, a rough and, and what, week. And what we might discover through this together, because even we don't know where all this is going, but maybe we'll figure out over the course of this podcast that even with that being said, it might not be as bad as it all seems. One big group therapy session. Mm-hmm. So we're going to lead you through it. And again, we'll get to all the transfer portal news, the departures both on athletic staff and administration and and we'll get to everything we will start off with a little bit of good news believe it or not there was some the bowling team selected last week to a 14th consecutive trip to the ncaa tournament the 12th in a row under head coach justin costick One of 16 teams selected to the tournament field. They're going to open play in the Lansing Regional against Youngstown State Friday morning at 8 o'clock. What's great about that bowling program is you might think, you know what, I haven't heard as much about them, or maybe their season wasn't quite as good as it's been being. I don't know. And they were a five RPI. (laughs) They're rolling along just fine. Yeah, they're doing okay. Pun intended there. Meanwhile, the baseball team did get a win this past week. They ended their 13-game losing streak last Tuesday, hosting Central Arkansas. That was a good game, by the way. Yes, it was. In fact, if it ended in nine innings, I think it would have been over in about two hours and 20 minutes. It was just rolling along, well played. UCA did tie it up, though, in the ninth inning. But the Red Wolves found a way to win, Two outs, bottom 11, and Mickey Coyne comes up to walk it off. Gregson gets that, the one-two. Coyne swings, lines it in the right field, and A-State wins. Mickey Coyne walks it off in the bottom of the 11. And the losing streak finally comes to an end. I've got to give this team a bunch of credit because, you know, you're calling that game down on your end of the booth. I'm calling it with Todd Baumgartner on our end for ESPN+. Plus. UCA ties it with a walk, and then you know they bring Willie Mays Hayes in, who's still second, still third, and they score on a squeeze. 
That was some really good base running. You got to tip your cap to those guys and and to the uh, head coach for UCA for bringing in a pinch runner in that situation because that was perfect. I mean, they they found a way on the base paths to score a run to tie it up. So I know that if you on the, again because it's negative, you're going to. I know that somebody's going to hear this and say, "Well, we're sitting here kind of talking about a team that's now dropped sixteen out of 17. And I get it, but let me talk about the one because you you had you, you had sat through the bulk of all of that streak. I, I had seen enough to know what was going on. Uh, given given the way this team lost that Sunday game at Georgia Southern, and then to see UCA scratch a run across without ever with having to put one ball in play to tie it in the ninth, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have given you five cents. For Arkansas State's prospects of winning that game in extra innings, and they did, and yeah. I really and I do. I, I mean, I honestly had to kind of tip my hat to those dudes to shake it off and come back and get a win. Coastal Carolina came in over the weekend, and this is a team that, like the Red Wolves' first two conference opponents, was ranked in the top fifty in the RPI. In fact, Coastal was thirty-eight in the college baseball RPI heading into the weekend, and you know the Red Wolves had to go without their top two catchers in this series and Kaysen Tollett continues to nurse that hamstring he's been out the last couple of weeks now hopefully we'll get him back this weekend against the Cajuns when they come to town but then Brandon Hager who'd been doing a, a good job behind the plate and at the plate as well couldn't be there this past weekend he and his twin brother Jacob who are both on the team mm-hmm. Unable to be there this past weekend, and uh, our prayers with with the Hager family, their dad going through some medical issues, so hopefully uh, they're back with the team soon, and their dad is feeling much better, but at the same time, Cooper Tremel, who's been playing the bulk of the season in right field, had to come in and catch all three games, and... If you think being a catcher is easy, well, think again. I mean, it, it is a very tough job. And, w- and when you've got somebody back there that hasn't done it as much, especially on this level, it shows up. And unfortunately, that was a theme. And I love Cooper Tremel. He plays hard. Mm-hmm. He's out there. You, you see the effort every single game. And I think he's going to help this team this season. But he was put in a really tough position this weekend. Yeah, Catcher started as a position of strength in terms of the depth and the guys you had there. And then all of a sudden you get this weekend. And for the weekend, he was the last guy standing, probably the least experienced of the three. And I think another thing that matters is the, you know, the smallest frame of the three. There's a reason you see catchers are sometimes shorter, stockier, thick guys. It's Sometimes it's the, the body type that position requires. So he's the smallest frame of the three too and yeah i mean i'm sure he felt lonely out there because it's a tough position and then all of a sudden you know pitches are coming from every which way and trying to block stuff in the dirt and i mean just i'm sure he felt a little bit like he was out there on an island coastal carolina won the friday game four to nothing their starting pitcher reed van scooter was fantastic the red wolves had just three singles on the night and then Justin Medlin with another quality start. He's been good every Friday night. He's gone six innings in each of the first three conference weekends. He was really good as the starting pitcher, but we saw something we hadn't seen the next day. He was in the starting lineup as the designated hitter, and he actually 
looked good. Had a couple of hits in that game Saturday. Yeah, and, I, and I, you know his teammates really got on him after the first at bat. <laughs> the third strike, he swung and missed, and his bat went about halfway to the second <laughs> baseman. And we're sitting there. Mitch Mathis did the Saturday game with me, and you know he's sitting there pointing out. I said, "Look at this." And we'd already talked about last night's starting pitchers, today's designated hitter. I love it. And and Medlin comes up there, and and you know Mitch, who played at Arkansas State back in the day, said, "Oh, I like this. Look at he's a, an old school guy. He didn't have all that armor on and no batting gloves and, and no nothing. <laughs> he just grabs the bat and goes. And then you know he slings the bat to first base, and Mitch says." He may not give him some batting gloves. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doubled off the wall he in sure left did. center his second time up. And then in his final at bat, Coastal's up 5-2 to two with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. And the bases are clear at yep. this point. And Coastal had been really good on the mound. Their bullpen had shown the first two nights of this series that they were extremely solid. Well, Medlin gets a single. A-State starts this rally and five in a row reach and all of a sudden it's five to four and the bases are loaded. You've got the tying run at third and the winning run in scoring position at second and unfortunately a strikeout ends the game. It was almost an all-time comeback. Bases empty, two outs, five straight guys reach, four of the five reached in a two-strike count. Oh yeah. When the game ended with Jared Tolar at the plate, he was the fifth A-State batter that was down to his la- to the last strike before Coastal Carolina finally Unreal. found a way to slide out of there. Yeah, and Will Nash had had a good night on the mound. He went five innings, gave up just one earned run. But A-State lost the Saturday game five to four. And then Sunday, it was a game that was tied at two in the fifth inning. Coastal scores four in the fifth. It's six to two at that point. Red Wolves make it six to three. It's it stays that way through seven, and then got just kind of crazy in the final couple of innings. Coastal ends up scoring four in the top of the eighth, and I think three of those came in on pass balls. Then in the bottom of the eighth, the Red Wolves score five runs and actually have the tying run at the plate, represented by Ben Klutz, and he flies out to the warning track. <laughs> In left center, just missed a game-tying home run. And then it's 10-8 to eight going to the ninth. Coastal able to get six runs in the ninth, and they end up winning it 16-8. to eight. Honestly, it had been a, a pitcher series. I mean, A-State had, had gone step-for-step, step really, with the Coastal Carolina pitching staff, I thought, for most of the weekend. I agree. And then you get to the top of the eighth of a game Sunday. From there, I think the game lasted another hour and a half after that. 15 runs scored in the next inning and a half, starting in the top of the eighth. It made for a very long last two innings. And, you know, we mentioned the pass balls. Well, here's the deal. Cooper Trimmel didn't drop any strikes. Yeah. Because they hit a stretch where nobody was throwing any. It was really rough there in those eighth and ninth innings. And hopefully, and Coach Raffo talked about it again, in our post game, he said seven, eight, and nine. We've just got to figure something else out because it's not working. And the thing about this is, they had it like right. They were again. We go back to the conference opener, going into conference play, the day of the conference opener. I remember standing in our office talking, and it's either with Cade Carlton and you, or one or both. And we're just saying, golly, you know, these guys feel really good about seven, eight, nine. Yeah, if they can get there with the lead. They get there with a 7-3 lead in the conference opener. 
give up 10 runs then in the seventh and eighth innings. It looked an awful lot like some of what we saw yesterday. It's weird because it's guys that they're dependent on. It's guys that earn the right to be there, right? Because mm-hmm. they've been dependable. And for whatever reason, it's like if one has a rough go, then it just starts the string of everybody that follows has a rough go. So Coastal gets the sweep. A-State now 0-9 in league play. They're 5-20 and overall. Really rough stretch right now for the Red Wolves. We'll look at the week ahead coming up a little bit later on. And I wish we could make it a little bit more positive in the next segment. But as we said in the open, we're going to get to all the things that happened last week when we come back here on the Second to Done podcast presented by Simmons Bank. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. All right, so here we go. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, we had an amazing visit with North Shadow Mirror right here in this studio. Right where we sit now. Had a lot of people comment on that podcast, had a lot of people listen then. And I want to say this off the top. I love North Shadow Mirror. He's one of the best young men to come through our athletic program in a long time. I just, I think he is a genuine person. But at the same time, there was a change last week. And we'll go back and, and kind of revisit here some of our conversation. You asked Norshad Omir during that podcast visit about how much he gets contacted from other schools. And this is what he had to say. Every day. Every day. Yeah. I do the same thing that I do on the court. I tune them out. And we talk about the loyalty. And last week, here in the last week, you put out a message on social media. And I'll kind of read what you said. Can't wait for next season to go at it with my guys. The work has already started. Let's go get this championship wolves up. So why was that important for you to just come out and say, instead of just coming back next year. Was it important to send that message to those other people that are trying to get in touch with you? Yes, sir. I'm just letting, I, w- I wanted to let the Red Wolf fans know that I'm going to stay loyal, that, you know, I'm a Red Wolf for life. So we heard that, and that clip made the rounds. Mm-hmm. Then last Wednesday afternoon, Norshad got onto social media and announced that he had a change of heart. He was going into the transfer portal. So let's, yeah, let's park it here for a minute. I went back. Of course, you started hearing rumblings of a possible rumor maybe 24 hours before that. Yeah. That something could be changing. Something could be coming. I went back in that 24 hours in between, and even on my show, I went back to a clip of an interview I did with Norshad the first time I ever got to sit and visit with him, this time a year ago, mm-hmm. and asked the, the, the interview ended with a similar question about, you know, you, I'm sure people are trying to get you to transfer, and he's like, oh, yeah, they do, and, you know, it's just, that's not ever going to happen. I, I'm, the, I, I'm the most loyal person. 
And so you fast forward, and it's all the same thing. I mean, it was important for him to put his social media statement out saying he's not going anywhere. He told us that. He talked about why it was important to him. All the things you just heard. Don't take that to mean North Shadow Mirror is full of crap. Because I don't think he is. We talked to him on this podcast right before he was going to South Florida on a spring break trip. And I believe he meant every word he said to us sitting in here that day. I'll, I'll second that. He goes on that trip because he was not going home to Nicaragua. He's going to Miami. He had family there. He talked about his family in South Florida. And, and you know, it's obviously where he played high school basketball prep and all this and that. And when he comes back, obviously there had been some sort of change of heart. And so then that leads to the announcement. Of course, it started this watch first because the the graphic that, hey, I'm coming back, all of a sudden wasn't on social media anymore. And they had people freaking out. And there were these rumors of people getting his ear when he was in Miami and convinced him that you can't get to the NBA from Arkansas State. So then all of a sudden this announcement comes. I'll, I'll be honest, in the 24 hours kind of in between there, what I was hoping, even if I didn't really believe it, what I was hoping is that what really was about to come is what you and I expected to come. There was this plan in place. North Shadow Mirror was going to enter his name into the NBA draft. Yeah. And and I was hoping maybe people were getting their wires crossed, and that was the announcement we would hear, and that's what people were freaking out about because he was going to enter the draft, go through the process, get a draft grade, and in almost all likelihood pull his name out and come back to Arkansas State. You sort of warned people on this podcast, if you were listening, hey, this is, don't freak out if this happens because you and I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, and I thought it was a smart move and it was something that Coach Bellato supported. It was going to help him in his evolution of eventually becoming an NBA player. Look, that was the plan. And the plan was for him to pull his name out that first week of June and then I'll tell you this, and I don't think Coach Bellato would mind us saying this. They were so sure that this was going to happen that the team had a trip planned to Nicaragua yes. in August. Nine or ten day trip to Nicaragua where they play games down there, spend time in Norshad's hometown. That's how certain they were that Norshad was coming back. And I guarantee you Norshad wouldn't have gone along with this if he wasn't certain that he was coming back yeah. too and then and, and that's the part where and i know not everybody knew that was in the plan you and i had heard, we, we knew that they were doing that and that's what makes kind of some of those conspiracy theories flying around so silly to be honest with you if you know the whole story because again they were so sure north Shad was coming back that they were loaded up the whole team and going to nicaragua Somebody got in his ear, and you, you heard in that clip from Norshad right here on this podcast, every single day, every single day, somebody was reaching out to him, and he continued to say no. And the only thing that makes sense is somebody down there that was also close to Norshad got in his ear and kind of pushed him that direction, and eventually convinced him that that was the, the right plan for him. Because at this point, not only are people trying to get to Norshad, but people are also trying to get to people they can get to Norshad. I mean, this is all as crooked and as dirty as it could be. And it's not even about, I'm not talking about paying people money and this and that. I, don't, I mean, you can do a lot of that over the table. Now, by the way, you can't to Norshad O'Meara because 
right now the rules don't allow him to make NIL money because he's on a student visa. But so I'm not sitting here telling you that that people are getting paid. I'm just saying you got other schools trying to find a go between to get to the kid. You got agents trying to find a go between to get to the kid. So it's just all this outside noise. And and if we're not careful, I'll be down to the last line pretty quick and, and random because <laughs> we're in a system right now where now Mike Mulatto's only recourse, I guess, was to load up and go to spring break in Miami. And just and and be with North Shadowmere twenty four seven because we don't have a system in place now to shield these kids from this noise and everybody trying to get to them or somebody that knows them and so we can't protect a kid who was telling everybody who'd listen I don't want to transfer I'm a hundred percent not transferring and we couldn't shield this kid enough to keep everybody away from him. Mike Bellato last summer went to Nicaragua to help coach that Nicaraguan national team. And I guarantee you, if he's not there, there's probably people trying to get in to North Absolutely. at that point. Absolutely, 100%. And I know, you know Coach Blotto had international basketball experience and, was, and talked about you know, one day he'd like to coach the Cuban national team and, and, and this and that. But, I mean, who were kidding? Part of the allure going that trip is I can be with my guy and, and help try to shield. Because the NCAA went from decades of trying to hold these student-athletes in this firm grip of, of the fist of – any little thing you do is an improper benefit to all of a sudden they get blitzed to nine nothing in the Supreme Court in the Austin case over stuff that wasn't even about paying players. The NCAA freaks out that they're going to lose their antitrust status. So they take that clinch fist and just open it wide up. Say, okay, people, do what you want. Mm-hmm. And here's where we are. The Norshad news came out on Wednesday of last week and Coach Bellotto scheduled a Zoom with members of the media on Friday, you actually asked the question, what changed between the time Norshad left for spring break and when he got back, when he changed his mind? I can't say exactly what it is. You're going to have to ask him. You know, uh, I think it's when outside influences get involved that are beyond our, you know, my control, things change. You know, and it's unfortunate, but it, it, it's, it's something that you're going to have to ask him because when we spoke it was, he was coming back. You know, there was no question about it. And he took a trip. And when he came back, he, you know, changed his mind. And by the way, I want to put this out there. I love the young man like my son. There's no ill will. I love him. So I want him to be successful. Of course, I want him to, for it to be here. Uh, And I think he can get to the NBA from here. Unfortunately, some of the people don't think that. So I'm hoping that he continues to mull over the situation and see what happens for the future. But right now, I want to support him because that's what I'm going to do uh, with the kids that I love. And, you know, but I love for him to, to be back, right? But, you know, I, I can't say, Bubble, to answer your question, I, I don't know. You're going to have to ask him. Now, all I know is what he told me last. So, again, Coach Bellato didn't know exactly what happened. You know, it kind of leads you to believe somebody convinced him while Norshad was on spring break. And, and Coach Bellato didn't say anything in that clip to change the – the kind of the rumor that was going around in terms of the story I was making the rounds about getting on that spring break trip and, and people and somebody getting, you know, into Norshad's ear down there and sort of matches up with what coach Pilato had to say. Some other news last week concerning the basketball team, Desi Sills. This came, uh, I think Thursday, mm-hmm. Thursday or Friday, he announced that, Uh, He was entering the transfer portal. He did this on social media. Now, 
This is a little bit more complicated because mm-hmm. Desi's already transferred once and he hasn't graduated yet. So, you know, if he goes somewhere at this point, if he doesn't graduate, you're sitting out a year. So, and I know it gets a lot of people asking about the rules of the transfer portal. So, specifically as it pertains to Desi Seals, he's got three paths to playing college basketball next season play at Arkansas State, which by his statement is one that he's you've chosen not to do graduate from arkansas state which by all accounts you know i don't know that he is on pace to do i'm gonna say he's in bad academic standing i just don't he's on pace to graduate right now or sit out now you're telling me kid that's scored over a thousand points and played well over a hundred games of college basketball at this stage of the game is wanting to go sit somewhere no well coach Bellato was also asked about desi Here's what he had to say. I thought he was just going to go play pro. I don't know if he's going to play his last year. He just wanted to go make money, which I understand. Um, I would support him for that. You know, I don't know what the process is for him to go again in the transfer portal. You know, he's got to sit out. Graduation is going to be an issue. So I, I don't really don't know where his mindset's at in that in that realm. And I don't know what advice he's getting from, again, from outside influences, what they're telling him. But the story that he's getting is if he knew clearly what he needed to do to play somewhere else, I think he'd think twice about not coming back. So obviously that's something that, again, we had conversations when the season ended. We knew he had a little bit of questions if he was going to come back or not. I thought it was going to be more to go play pro. So I don't know how, and I think if he doesn't, I think that's the route he needs to go because uh, the transfer deal is going to be a little bit difficult for him. But again, I have no control over some of the influences that are talking. He was also asked, Coach Pilato was asked if he would welcome Desi back if he wanted to come back and, and he just said hey we'll cross that bridge if it comes if we to get it. there yeah and again I, I go back to what coach said he had conversations with Desi we knew they had conversations with Desi and Desi's family about whether Desi was coming back that conversation at least from coach Blotto's standpoint wasn't about whether he's coming back to Arkansas State or going to play somewhere else it was about whether he's coming to Arkansas State or just moving on and going trying to start a pro career and by the way I, I still think that's the most likely outcome here because the options are so limited what what does concern you is not just for desi but for all kinds of young people in this situation is who are you listening to because whoever it is doesn't appear to know the rules no they and don't. i know it feels like there are none but there actually still are a couple and i don't, I don't know that that it just it doesn't give you the the sense that Desi's getting the best advice, and I don't mean about going or staying. I mean if you don't want to be here, don't be here. But when you go make a graphic about going to transfer portal, well, everybody's going. Hang on, you already did that. You can only do it once without paying a price. I hope whatever decision he makes, because we've had Desi sit in this studio too. He's a big personality, great kid to visit with. Just hope. He's making his decisions based on the proper information. Meanwhile, there was one other bit of A-State basketball news that we want to talk about here because this guy's been a huge part of the program for not only Coach Bellato's tenure at A-State. This dates back to Coach Brady's tenure. He was actually on John Brady's staff at Arkansas State at one point. Mike Scutero announcing that He's leaving the program and have always enjoyed being around Scoot. Just a big personality, yeah. and he's done a great job as far as the recruiting. Scooter the recruiter, 
a common nickname <laughs> that you'll hear around the program. But uh, he announced that he's getting out of the coaching business and he's going to move offices all the way across the street to the Embassy Suites where he'll be working next year. And I know that caught some people off guard, but what it tells you is that, I mean, man, this coaching deal, that's all consuming. And Mike Scutero's got two kids coming up right in the prime of their youth sports playing days and they're active in it. Travel baseball, travel hoops, all that. He's got a job that sort of caused you to miss an awful lot of that stuff. At some point, you got to stop and go, well, do I want to keep missing this or not? Then I think he looked that over and said, I, I don't want to keep missing this stuff. Certainly no bad blood between Mike Scutero and the A-State men's basketball program. Here's what Coach Bellotto had to say. Coach Scutero is like my brother. I love the fact that the time we had together, it, it was not an issue of us pushing him out or him wanting to leave. He just needed to – I loved him. I mean, he would have been back next year, obviously. He's like my right-hand guy. I – he just had some personal stuff that he needed to, get to take care of, which I respect. And uh, I wish him the best. He's still going to be around the program. I told him he's got an open invite to every staff meeting. So it wouldn't surprise me if he shows up. So best of luck to Mike Scutero going forward. And before we shift gears here, we only touched on specifically two of five transfer portal entries yeah. last week on the in, in the in the men's basketball program. The other three, Keon Wesley, which I know that one catches some eyeballs because he started most of the time. But Mario Fantina and Lazar Grobovich, here's the deal. If you'd have pulled either one of us off to the side probably two weeks ago, we'd have told you those three guys are going yeah. to the transfer portal. And they're doing it for the, the reason that the transfer portal was intended. One of the reasons the transfer portal was intended is that, hey – Young man, young woman finds herself in a program where, for whatever reason, they're not getting to play as much as they want to, or it looks like they're not going to get to play as much as they want to. They can take the opportunity to go find another place to play more. And that's what is the case for all three of these guys. They'll leave on such good terms that the A-State staff will help them try to go find the next place yeah, to that, go play. that's the plan. And when I talked with Coach Bellotto uh, last week, he, he said exactly that. You know, He was going to support them any way he possibly could, trying to help them find a new destination. But I really like all three of those guys. Yeah. Fantastic young men. And going to miss Mario, Lazar, and Keon being around. But you're right. I mean, they were going to get more playing time next year somewhere else. And we just, I mean, we've conditioned ourselves to think that every kid entering the transfer portal is the sign of some controversy. And I know there were five of them in a week. And I know an assistant coach left. But really, they're all isolated incidents. They're just things that all happened at the same time. Three guys going to go play somewhere where they go play some more. Simple as that. One guy probably staring, you know, trying to make a decision at a live crossroad where he wants to go play his pro career. And another in Norshad who, again, I think in his heart of hearts, didn't want to transfer. As Coach Pilato said, Norshad O'Meara loves Arkansas State, loves Jonesboro. We know he loves the coaching staff. His leaving has zero to do with Arkansas State except for somebody got in his ear and convinced him that he can't get to the end goal from here. That's it. And an assistant coach who, you know, again, was sort of at a, at a situation to go do something different with his family. There's no huge controversy to unearth there. It's five sort of isolated incidents, six counting scoot that just kind of all hit at the same time. Well, those hit with the basketball program. There was another major departure at Arkansas State last week, and we'll talk about that one when we come back to wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. You raised your family here. Did every July 4th here refinish the floors here twice? 
sized up your daughter's boyfriends here, waited in the doorway all day when your son was coming home on leave. This place has given you all you've dreamed of, and now it's giving again in the form of a gourmet kitchen and the quietest dishwasher known to man. Realize your dream with a home equity line of credit from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Okay, so before we take a look ahead to this week, I want to mention that one additional departure that was announced last week, and it was sad to see the news about our friend Kelly Danfus, who has done a phenomenal job as the chancellor here at Arkansas State. He announced that he'll be leaving in June to go to Texas State as their new president. And this move, a big part of it is to get closer to family and get back to Texas. But at the same time, what an impact he's made and the relationships with us, with with everybody at that university. And, and I put out something on social media last week, and I meant it. I've never seen mm. a more accessible administrator, a harder working administrator than him, and somebody that's as supportive as he is. I mean, if there's an athletic event going on, it doesn't matter if it's one of the major sports or not, mm. and he can go, he's there. Well, let me tell you what, you actually, that sentence you just spoke, true as it may be, it had one too many words in it. It's not if there's an athletic event. And if there's an event that Arkansas State students are involved in, Kelly Danfus is going to be at that event. And my guess, in in, short of just a couple of short texts back and forth, we hadn't had a conversation about this move yet. My guess is he hated the timing of this coming out because of all the other stuff we talked about in the last segment. But Texas State put out that the, the law in Texas, the way that stuff works, allows them to do these searches in these campus leadership spots and they've got this clause where they can do this sole finalist and like in arkansas you couldn't do that a state i I don't think can just come up with one candidate and say this is our lone finalist to be the next chancellor i don't think arkansas law allows the search to go like that in texas it does reason i know that's because chuck welch smartened me up on that when he was on my show last week but yeah big loss uh big hit there because kelly danfus brought what this campus needed at the time it needed it most uh that energy that positivity that accessibility how many college kids would even know the chancellor who it was if he walked past them in the cafeteria well they do there they do one thing dr welch told me last week is you know given where things were on campus when that job was open one of the things that he went to different campus constituency groups, faculty, student groups, just said all these different constituency groups and said, tell me what you're after. Tell me the qualities you need the next chancellor to have. And then he pairs those lists with his own views and comes up with you know, a list of qualities he's searching. But at that point, that energy, that accessibility was top of the list because it's what the A-State campus needed at the time. And they could not have gotten that call more right. Yeah, I don't Kelly know if we, Danfus. They've both been fantastic. So real quick, before we shift gears on that, you know, he'll take over. It's the same job at Texas State as he has at Arkansas State. Just it's called being the president of that campus as opposed to being the chancellor of it. It is closer to family. You know, they've got almost triple the enrollment of Arkansas State. And obviously being in the Sun Belt, we'll still see him around. From here, same process. Dr. Welch, he's got his ideas of what he thinks 
this job needs to be. Mm-hmm. But it'll go to those same constituency groups again. What qualities are you looking for? And we'll do it again because it may some of the qualities now might not be the same. The emphasis might not be the exact same as it was was open last time because of the job Dr. Danfuss and his crew have done here. So they'll do that, and then they'll start kind of the, the process here uh, again. One thing you said, because you're listening to this, uh, you're probably a uh, you know, fan of A-State Athletics. So one thing he said without me asking him is, you know, rest assured, he will hire a chancellor to whom athletics is important, is a emphasis. It was last time. Dr. Danfuss, for so long, was the faculty athletic rep at OU. Like I said, I didn't even ask that question. Matter of fact, <laughs> I had ended the interview, and he said, before I go, let me tell you, because I know A-State fans are listening to your show, rest assured that the next chancellor will will be sure that someone that athletics is important to. Well, I'm glad he said that, because, you know, it is important, and athletics is such a big part of the university. Kelly Danfuss realize that he's still around for a couple of months so a chance to still see him around the a-state campus meanwhile uh, mentioned earlier bowling team in action in the ncaa tournament lansing regional starts on friday and then uh, the baseball team with you know just a couple of more top 50 rpi teams (laughs) this week that seems to be the theme tuesday at six they'll be at southeast missouri and then the cajuns are in here friday at six saturday at four and sunday at one hopefully the red wolves can get things turned around in the right direction again and uh, get some more guys healthy this week we need it hopefully carter holtz back this week too in that starting rotation yeah, and then you know by the weekend, hopefully get Case and Tollett back out there. Just for his glove and his bat, both just the presence he could bring to that lineup. So, you know, hopefully, both of those guys are back in action by this time next week. All right, so we've <laughs> talked about everything. <laughs> I think is there anything else? Well, we need to talk about. I mean, here? this I've got multiple things here. Obviously, as the the week unfolded, I, and we've already talked about it, I, I was really frustrated by the system in place because again i i think if north shadow mirror you know it, it appears will happen ends up playing somewhere else next year that's completely a product of the system and the lack of protection in place for these student athletes who again in my heart of hearts believe didn't have any intention on transferring that frustrates me now if you want an example that this is not an arkansas state issue you ought to know it's not but today as we're sitting here on this monday mm-hmm just before uh, we sat down, Moorhead State, you know, in comparable league to Arkansas State, we saw Moorhead State come in here during the season. They've won 23 games last year and won the OVC tournament. They won 23 games this year, lost in the finals of the OVC tournament to Murray State. Their coach has been there, I think, you know, five seasons. He got a contract extension through 25, 26. I mean, they're rolling. They're in great standing. They only had a handful of 23-win seasons in the history of the program. They've had them each of the last two years. They've played in the NCAA tournament. They're set. They're young. They're talented. They had two first-team all-conference players enter the portal on Monday. Including their big man, Janai Broom. I mean, honestly, including their North Shadow Mirror. Yeah, I mean, very comparable. And then another guard is first-team all-conference, a sophomore. So guys that they were planning on building on down the line to build on the momentum of a tournament and back-to-back 23-win seasons. They were set, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're not. And Things so, can change in a big hurry. Yeah. Welcome to the world we live in. And then lastly, I, I did this one on my show 
and I would have forgotten about it, but you reminded me before we started recording. If you're an Arkansas State fan and you are a country music fan, you've, you've, you check both those boxes. I do. You should be a fan of Luke Combs and you should hate Eric Church. <laughs> yeah. I know where you're going with Luke this. Luke Combs now, that joker, I'm jealous. He loves his alma mater. He loves App State. When we went over there in the COVID year and they and you had to do stuff so different and the band couldn't play and everybody spread out when they needed, you know, the, how many times did they go to the video board and Luke Combs was on there playing the alma mater or the fight song? That joker was all over the place because he loves his school. It was It was really cool, yeah. Eric Church marketing degree recipient from Appalachian State University cancels a concert at a big we're not talking about some small joint San Antonio in the big arena in San Antonio cancels a show because it means that much to him to be with his family to see North Carolina play in the final four he did not put his marketing degree from App State to work and making that stupid decision so you should, if you're an A-State fan and a country fan, you got to be a Luke Combs person. I'll go along with that. Eric Church, get your glasses and get on out of here. <laughs> it's been, um, well, I'm not going to say a fun episode, but it's, <laughs> it's been hopefully a little bit therapeutic being able to talk about some of this stuff you know hopefully in the week ahead we got all kinds of good stuff to talk about when we return next week for another edition of the second to none podcast presented by simmons bank